uh, what we're now calling Deep Dive. Uh, and uh, this is Ask the Masters. Um, I'm Dave from Fluid Dynamics, uh, and we got a really, really cool project today. I actually have not seen this presentation. Rick has done it a number of times, uh, but the pool that you see on the screen is gonna be amazing. And uh, this is Rick with Red Rock Contractors and also with Ask the Masters. And we've also got, just so everybody knows, we got Art Minty. He is one of the, uh, well, Art, actually put your speaker on and just introduce yourself before we uh, get moving. Hey, hello. Thanks, Rick. Thanks, Dave and Jason for having us all on today. I'm Art Minty. I'm the Senior Director of Technical Services with Leda Creek International. And uh, we're looking forward to uh, learning exactly what Rick did here with this build. It looks great. So, and Jason, if you want to introduce yourself, that would be awesome. Yeah, I'm Jason Jovag with Aquatic Glazing International. Uh, we do underwater pool windows. Uh, we supplied and installed the three viewing panels that are shown on the project here with Rick. Uh, look forward to talking to you guys about the windows and how that interfaces with the pool structure as well as the waterproofing systems. The whole point of this whole time is for uh, for us to walk you through step by step from the design process all the way through construction and to really give everybody kind of a thorough understanding of some of these really highly complex projects and, and some of the challenges. And, and the goal is to, uh, to better all of us. Um, like I said earlier, I'm very much looking forward to this. I have not seen this presentation myself. And so I'm, I'm here uh, as a participant as well to learn. So um, go ahead and take it away, Rick. Now we're going to move into talk about acrylic a little bit. So I've got, I've got Jason Jovag here with Aquatic Glazings. Um, they were the contractor and, and engineer of, set of these panels for us. So um, obviously we've got three viewing panels that we put on this job that the intent here was to kind of mimic the glass railings on the balance of the project and allow from the bottom. I, I'm a big fan of acrylic um, for the right purpose. I'm, I don't love it in, in all situations. It works really well in some. In this one, we get a great view into the pool. Um, I'm going to show some other images later on why you need to understand the dynamics of using acrylic in an aquatic environment and why it doesn't always do what you might think. Um, but we've got three large panels on this project. Um, fairly short, but fairly strong or very, or uh, fairly long for that matter. Jason will provide us, basically he'll do the engineering side of this as well as we correct, we check it to go against our structure. They provide shop drawings and all the details and show us how deep our rebates are going to be what's going to be the viewable size. And, and, and the process of this starts out with, we engineer it, we work together, me and Jason, we get down to final window sizes, final details, um, overall spans, viewable areas. And then we able to engineer that in the construction of the pool and create the rebates that you guys saw. Um, those rebates then, once they're completed, Jason and his crew come out and actually do physical measurements and check, right? We got to check depth of the rebate, overall, overall width of the opening, how much, how much expansion and contraction space we provided. We got to make sure they all meet those requirements. And so we'll get, we'll take these shop drawings and basically update them um, and, and create the actual drawing for what's in the field. So then we can come back and start doing the work. And so Jason, walk us through your process of, of doing that with a client. If I'm, I'm Rick Chafee and I'm going to build a pool with acrylic, when should I have called you if I've got an acrylic pool, right? After I get all my shot creed and all my tiles done and we're ready for water, right? Yeah, perfect. Fill it up. Um, <laughs> no, uh, we'd like to get involved really early. Um, one, you kind of touched on a couple of things. There's, there's a lot of engineering that needs to go into in and around the window, uh, not necessarily just the panel itself, but the structure of the rebar that's involved around. Uh, and that is, that is critical. Um, so, sorry. No, you're fine. 
So that that right there is, is, is really critical. We need to be able to manage the joint movement, uh, the overall expansion and contraction of the window. Um, acrylic is very um, fluid. It moves quite a bit throughout the day, depending on what the temperature ranges are. So we need to plan our expansion gaps uh, laterally, uh, as well as how much movement the window is going to have. So yeah, I'd like to get involved a lot earlier um, to make sure that one, the client understands the expectation of what the cost is, uh, you know, how you guys need to manage the shotcrete, the rebar detail, uh, as well as what we need from the installation side of, of what, how big the pocket needs to be and what the size needs to be. Well, I think the other thing people, there's a couple of weird parameters that you deal with with acrylic. So one really good thing about acrylic is it likes to yield before it fails. The problem is with acrylic is it yields, meaning it deflects. Um, and so some of the sizing and engineering of these panels is not for it not to fail. It's the fact that we also got to make sure it doesn't yield so much that it appears it could fail. Um, and also in the yielding process, it'll, it'll, it'll change in overall length and, and can pull on members and stuff. So um, acrylic is a extremely durable. It's super clear. Um, we can get into thicknesses of 12, 18 inches and not have any real obstruction to the view. It can be ex exceptionally clear compared to like a glass panel that starts to get really obscured and starts to get green because of the iron that's in the glass. Um, but also it has very dynamically different thermal properties than all the other parts of the swimming pool, concrete, steel, thin sets, tile, ceramics, all of those are, and are very, very, very similar. And steel and concrete are so close that that's why we're able to do structurally reinforced bridges and structures with cable and steel because the thermal changes don't affect, at all, don't affect them or make them fall, rip each other apart. When we get into an acrylic scenario, now we're dealing with multiple issues. Issue number one is it's gonna be dynamically different temperature wise. And the longer the panel gets, if it grows a certain amount of inches per foot and we make it 20 feet long, now it's 20 times that overall growth, height and width required. Um, the second thing we get into with acrylic panels is we have to be very cautious that they're, they're a little bit soft. And so they're, they're not very durable if, during the construction process. So we gotta protect them um, and make sure we don't, we don't damage them in the process. They're also gonna expand and contract so much more than we expect, we have to make a lot of room so they can move. We want them to be able to move, flex, and not get in trouble. And so you can see as we set this, we've got just one of many details, but just one of the rough details you'll see of the, the acrylic panel is the smallest part of this rebate. We set some blocks to kind of put it in place and level it, obviously. And then we put some grout to hold it in. But you'll notice we got a lot of movement left, right, and center, and up and down for this thing to kind of flex around. Um, and we've got the other critical thing to make sure we realize is we're going to see perfectly through here, right? So we all, they'll come in and paint surfaces for us in the rebate enough to where they, they still got to get their silicone sealant to not be on paint, but they'll paint all these rebates out to hide all the setting materials. Cause you can imagine, you don't want to look through here and see a setting block and backer rod and, and grout material. That's maybe not hundred percent consolidated. So you really do have to plan out both what where you're going to be looking at it from and what the client's going to see inside or out of the pool and make sure that you've sized the window correctly and know what your finished surfaces are going to do overall to size. So when Jason comes out to measure, he's taking into effect all those things when he paints the rebates and makes that panel fit your project perfectly. So there's a lot of aspects to it. I've, you know, there's, there's, there, you can buy panels by yourself and try to do it direct. I would, I would recommend never, ever even thinking about doing that, even if you've done it a couple of times. There's many tricks that Jason pulls out on us or, or reminds of us, us of why we're doing these in the shop um, drawing process, et cetera. So it's pretty critical to get these right. And obviously they're going to want to leak um, if they're not done right. And 
a, my exposure to what I've seen on leaking projects is actually no leak actually happening through this substrate. It's leak happening this way. And that's what we talked about earlier too, is if this substrate is not solid and we, and Jason doesn't know it, or there's, there's voids we can't see, moisture likes to migrate right on around this whole system and say, oh, the panel's leaking and it's not even the panel, or it will cause failure of the coatings to the substructure because it's not sound. So most highly critical places we're going to set these panels, both engineering wise um, and, and just finish quality of work. You want to talk just a little bit? Uh, I know, I know we don't want to get too deep into pricing, uh, but um, just, just touch on it just a little bit. I mean, you're not, uh, there's not a, even a, a small window. There's not a $5,000 upgrade uh, because we're seeing this kind of migrate down into more uh, the mid market and, and it's kind of panels are going everywhere right now. And they seem to be uh, kind of the new trend um, in swimming pools. Uh, so just Jason, can you give kind of just a, just a general discussion of if a client asks about a panel what should, uh, what should we be prepared to tell the clients as far as what the expense is going to be? Yeah, so I mean, each, each job is going to be completely different. Um, we can, you know, we have some rough sizes that we, we work with and standard thicknesses um, to try to help, you know, develop a budget uh, early on. I mean, we push pretty hard, or at least my staff, to make sure that we get a, uh, a quote turned out relatively quick because there's a lot of front-end engineering that we need to do. So the one thing is I, I've had a couple of clients before that have done one project and then they get another one and they kind of use the past project for pricing uh, before we get involved. And that's that's one step where you can get, uh, you can get yourself in trouble relatively quick. Um, so, I mean, for smaller panels, I mean, this was a pretty decent sized project as you guys can see on the shop drawings, the size of the windows. I mean, we're, we're you know, 16, 18 feet long. Um, custom cast panels, uh, they do take a long time to get. Um, the standard items and some of the smaller pieces, you know, budget for the installation you'd be looking at for the pot, the window and the install, depending, you know, globally where you're at, anywhere from twenty-five to thirty-five thousand um, dollars. So again, it has to be the right client, has to be the right budget. Um, but you know, we like to turn numbers around relatively quick, so uh, we can find out uh, if it's something the client wants to afford, or if this, this is the right project or or, or um, material for them. Well, and I would implore anybody working with acrylic to, you know, don't put acrylic in because you want acrylic. You want to get an acrylic pool and it needs to be in the right scenario, the right situation. Um, it's often overlooked what you what you end up seeing through the panel or what you're going to benefit from the panel. And, and there's an extreme amount of expense, timing and everything else. Uh, you know, there's a project we're working on in California with Jason. And I think the, the acrylic panels are, are near a half a million dollars. Um, and that's just a, a small piece of this pool, but a couple are huge. I'll show a, an image or two of that project here shortly. But, and we'll also get into, in the future, we'll probably do another one of these where me and Jason just go through a bunch of different acrylic projects and some of the details and issues. Um, expertise is critical. You know, me and Jason have worked on multiple projects. We, we've learned from failures of our own projects and others, other people's projects. And we watch people, we, we've got one that we can't even discuss, but another project where we knew they'd have problems if they tried to do it that way they did and then exactly have a problem because they weren't experienced enough to realize the issues they're having. Um, you know, we've got good local reps and suppliers of product. Um, it's just a very tough product to introduce into the swimming pool world. So make sure you've got some good guidance to get it done. It works really well. It's beautiful. It can do amazing things, but it can also leave you hanging. So um, the other thing to make sure we recognize when we're dealing with acrylic is we're going to need some access. Um, sometimes we get into pools that, that we don't have very much access to, and it can start costing a lot of money to lift a panel over a house or through a house. So, um, realize what you're working with and what, what kind of scenarios you're going to get into and make sure you're planning for the access to those places. Um, 
I'll show in some finished images too why we're and some of the issues that you run into with acrylic and, and maybe what the what the client doesn't get what he's expecting. So um, anything else specific, Jason, you want to cover now on acrylic? I'm going to move to a couple other things, but we can certainly come back to it if you got something else that comes up in some of the images. No, as we keep going, um, yeah, just show what you got. I know you got a couple good things. Okay. All right, so we get we're going to get in. Oh, I guess we're going to cover a couple more acrylic pieces before we move on, Jason. Anyway, but so you can see we've got acrylic panels in these jobs. We got to protect them. We got to work around them. Um, we got to tile to them. We got to seal out to them. So in this job, we've obviously tented. You can tell we've had one of our nice dust storms came by and ripped our whole tent system apart. So we're probably in the process of getting that replaced. Um, we were in a, we're actually in a pretty good time of year, so it wasn't too hot, but we definitely had. Uh, keep the keep shade in place you can also start to see why we're going to bring art into this phone call because we're into waterproofing layer number three um, as we start doing tile work we're going to come in and start using in this project we use hydroban one of latacrete's um, longest standing products we've used it on multiple projects gives us a waterproofing membrane gives us a flexible fracture membrane underneath um, and is critical to a good glass tile install like this there's there's other manufacturers we're not trying to drive you into one or the other we brought art in because he'll help us through technical questions or, or details about that and walk us through his products for sure. Um, one of the things we run into when it comes into compatibility issues, this is a different job because I didn't have pictures of the one we're on now, but we've got to, we've got to, what, what usually these acrylic panels get set into is a piece is a um, hard epoxy coating that we water that Jason will waterproof that rebate with. We also need to then come back on top of that with our waterproofing membrane and make sure they're seamless to each other. And so it's critical to work with, whoever you're working with on your waterproofing systems to come in and give you a method of doing that. This is this job in the image is not going to be a Laticrete job. It's actually Miracote, but, um, but we reached out to Miracote like we did with Laticrete on the job we're on and said, look, we've got product A and product B, and I need to make sure I can tie these together so I get performance and so that your product doesn't fail and my pool doesn't fail. Don't, you know, the, the, the one critical miss that I see most people do on projects that include waterproofing requirements or highly technical jobs is they, they, they try to guess or read on the line, like don't, don't guess. Laticrete, Miracote, all these companies have awesome reps, technical reps that will jump in. They'll, 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 they'll teach you or walk you through what layers, where to layer it, how to do it to make sure that you have a good integral system and you have to make sure you have compatibility. It's critical to make sure these projects work well and, and, are, and prosper and compatibility is a big part of that. So same thing here, you can kind of see in this project, we came in with, with the epoxy, but they had us come in with an oven baked sand and throw it into the wet epoxy to create surface profile and get us a mechanical bond to this actual acrylic. So when we bring our waterproofing system in, we can grab it um, and make sure these layers work together. And so this is a job that, that required that and, and, and that was help, help specification by the actual waterproofing um, consultant on this job. This job actually has a consulting firm that does waterproofing that's also directing us with the waterproofing in addition to Miracote. So um, it's very critical we do that. You can, you also got to realize, and like Jason well knows, we, we end up with a lot of, in this kind of scenario, we got a big caulking joint here, right? Clients have to understand the end result. In their mind, they see a perfectly squared piece of glass sitting in a perfect squared pool and don't realize that there's going to be some parts and pieces depending on the size of the panel and how much movement there is. So you want to know these things and be able to show them their expectations before they get involved. Um, so they don't end up with a project that they, or, or, or give you grief through the project because they got un, un, what they didn't expect. And so I'm sure you've ran into that, Jason, in some scenarios. Obviously we get, we used to be able to, we do some bonded corner, which means we can weld the panel 
panels together essentially, which makes the corners go away in some areas. But where we, where we tie to structure, we have to have some flexibility. And even most larger panels now where we have corners coming together, we don't do any bonding anymore. Um, we've had structural failures of those bonds or at least visual failures of those bonds in the field. And so Jason, is it, is it, am I correct? Roughly three, three and a half inch thick panel we would, would, would be the turning point where we don't wanna try to bond a corner um, um, in an exterior environment. No, I, I, I it's based on the overall length. So if we're, okay. if we're turning that corner, you know, again, very expansive properties in the materials. So we don't want to have a very long leg and then a short, you know, if it's a 90 degree corner, we don't want a 16 foot window pulling against That's a three right. foot long section because sure. as they're both expanding, the three foot section is going to lose. So, I mean, if they're equally distant, so if we're going eight foot and eight foot, that way it's expanding, contracting at the same rate, um, we're okay with that. I just don't want a long leg pulling on a short leg. Okay. Um, because that, that, that's a, a, a recipe for failure. And I just threw this one in to give you an idea. I mean, we can, we're working on this project with Jason. You can see we can get panels of dramatic size. Um, and this is a access issue panel too. This, if you could see through this panel, it's the other side of a cliff in California. So we reached this panel over the entire house. Um, and unfortunately we left all the other panels in the floor and went home because the pool contractor was not ready to set the rest of the panels. So um, timing is critical and uh, co coordination is even more critical to save everybody money. So um, nothing specific to speak on this project other than, you know, the point is you can do acrylic in really large panels. Is this one nine and a half or 10 inches thick, Jason? It's 10. 10, 10 inches, inches thick yeah. and, and, it, and it's about, uh, it's 10 feet tall and I don't remember the width. Um, I, think it's 18, I think it's 16 feet. Yep, so big, huge, dramatic pro pro product will look great. It's going to look killer in the job, but um, just don't jump into that uh, wholeheartedly unless you know what you're doing. So um, obviously we're doing a huge last tile install. Um, sometimes we condition these spaces. We're at a time of year where we didn't have to, but we did shade them because of heat. Um, Art, you can walk us through this. I was going to walk everybody through kind of what product we're using. This is Bazaza glass. Um, and then we're using Laticrete's Hydroban as our waterproofing. We use Platinum 254 as our setting materials. Um, and we used um, lattice seal or, or um, and lattice seal primer in some of our interior joints and stuff. And so you can start to see what this pool is starting to come together. Um, and, and Art, walk us through your product. I, I threw some of the pieces up there, just some images, but um, this is the product of the day when we were doing this project. Um, if you've got updated product or support, you would tell us maybe, um, but why, why is, what, how does Hydroban work and why is it a great waterproofing system under tile? Right. First off, Rick, this is, this is a fantastic project. Um, I hope everyone understands the complexities of these types of pools. These are not uh, your typical, you know, slam and run pools. This is, this is highly technical. And man, I learned a lot just listening to you and Jason the last, uh, whatever it is, 45 minutes or so. Um, I, I will say this, that even the, the industry standards that we have from Tile Council of North America, they, they really don't apply completely in, in an application like this. This is so unique. Those, those standards never talk about panels, integrating what you're doing, the way this type of elevated pool is built. So this really requires specialized engineering. And you know, your firm has always done this. And, and again, fantastic project. So when we get to this point, you know, the other thing that, that could be done here, and, and you didn't need it because you, you shot the pool so accurately, but the other thing that could 
come into play is any leveling or pitching that might have to be done what happened before the waterproofing just as you know a point of information for everybody but you did all the work ahead of time so you're right where you need to be and that's also critical especially when you're doing intricate finishes like this glass tile where you have to meet your corners, you're making your nice radiuses and things of that nature. Well, we certainly, I mean, to be clear, we obviously shot this in a pretty good manner, but we did spend weeks in here with 3701 um, um, highly modified mortar in order to get all everything true and plumb and straight. And so as you look at some of these details, when we get into glass tile pools, the, the difference I usually see from a inexpensive glass tile install to an expensive glass tile install is we this project as you'll see there, there is is minimizing cuts we certainly have some cuts because we've got um rate you know sloping benches coming together but other than where these sloping benches tie into the other benches there's not a cut anywhere in the in the pool in the pool in the floor in the wall um even the different heights of benches have been rendered to the right to the right size so that the tile from the short bench those lines line up with the tile from the, the taller bench um, and all that works together. And it, it, the amount of time we take to do that, um, it, it works with those products. So walk me through, walk me through the use of a bonded mortar bed or a highly modified uh, mortar that we use a little bit so they understand how that works. But we've rendered this pool. If you look at pictures closer, you'll see, you know, we had, we spend a long time in here making sure that piece of tile is a complete piece of tile to the next joint. The piece of tile on the floor is a complete piece of tile across the way. The piece of tile that's that's working on the bench. Oops, hold on, let me get a pointer. The piece of you know the tile that's on the bench here lines up with the tile on the bench here, and and the toe kick height. There's no cuts here. There's no cuts here. There's no cuts here. There's no cuts here. That that amount of time to get all those things right is we we take in a, a rough shell and then we come back and work some work with some magic. So talk us through the process of doing some of that art. Sure. That, and, and that's great. So what, what we use is a bonded mortar bed. We use a slurry bond coat of a highly modified latex like Lady Creek 254 Platinum. While that's wet and tacky, we embed a highly modified mortar bed material. And the product that was used here is 3701 Fortified Mortar Bed. And that could be mixed to a drier consistency in a dry pack configuration for floors so you can screed it and work on it a little bit easier. You could also mix it to a wetter um, render type material where all this shaping is done. And, and again, excellent workmanship here. It, it can be tedious, but these types of materials can be used to make these shapes. Um, you can make uh, jigs, you can do all kinds of things to, to shape the mortar and get it right to the configuration that you need it uh, to be. And you can layer it. So if, if you start building like really intricate areas and you have to add more material, you can again apply another bond coat to it and just keep building and shaping until you get it to the point that you need it. And that saves you a tremendous amount of time. As, as you notice, imagine making all these little cuts to try to make it line up. So if you take your time ahead of time, shape, level, pitch, Everything you have to do ahead of time, it makes uh, the the actual mosaic tile installation that much faster. So that well, takes think, place. Yeah, most people don't realize like a pool like this. I I'm just going to guess at timing on this one, but we spent about 12 to 14 weeks prepping for tile. We probably spent two weeks setting tile. So majority Excellent. of our time was truing everything up. When you when you if you think about putting a five eighths inch grid on a floor or a wall or a section of a pool, 
it can't be out of square, it can't be out of plumb, it can't be out of true because that, that little grid, that system of grids you're about to throw on the walls affects all of that. And there's absolutely no way you can hide that in the process, it has to line up. And so if you don't do that, you get a terrible install or you get a very unhappy client. So it's, it's crazy consideration to get all these layouts and, and, and spacing done. So it's really tough. And it's frustrating for the mechanics. Imagine the title mechanics that would have to go through all that. So you're right, that prep work ahead of time yields these great results in the end as the tile is being placed. So after you do all your leveling and pitching, Thank you.